there's a lot of changes and there's a lot of reason to review your repayment strategy. I think a lot of people, you know, and rightly so, you know, they're just like, well, this is, this is just too much and there's no reason for me to worry about all this. I'm just kind of leave my loans the way they were. And, you know, I cannot emphasize enough that there are so many benefits out there floating around on the table that um, leaving your loans as is, is probably not the most beneficial strategy for mm-hmm. you. That is student debt expert and VIN Foundation board member, Dr. Tony Bartels with Dr. Rebecca Mears. And this is the VIN Foundation's Veterinary Pulse podcast, special student debt series. I'm Jordan Benshia, Executive Director of the VIN Foundation. Join me as I talk with veterinary colleagues about critical topics and share stories. Stories that connect us as humans, as animals, as a veterinary community. This podcast is made possible by individuals like you who donate to the VIN Foundation. Thank you. Please check the episode notes for bios, links, and information mentioned. We're back again with our VIN Foundation board member and student debt experts, Dr. Tony Bartels, and also joining us again is Dr. Rebecca Mears to talk about the latest in student loans. Welcome, Tony and Becca. Thanks, Jordan. Great to be back, uh, I guess, again, to, <laughs> since it seems like we keep getting new updates almost uh, weekly, if not sooner. So I guess we have to continue to keep doing these to make sure everybody's aware of all the ongoing changes with student loans and repayment. Yeah, it seems that we're really powerful because all we need to do is schedule a webinar or a podcast, and then some sort of news will come out that will negate what we were just going to talk about and start all over spying. Again. They must be spying on us. <laughs> so, um, so we'll, ju- we'll just keep doing these. <laughs> we'll just keep scheduling things and then we'll get news or maybe we schedule nothing and there'll be no new news. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is funny because I'm new to the team and I keep asking Tony, I'm like, does this always change this much? Like, <laughs> I feel like every time I start to kind of understand things, I'm like, wait, nope, just kidding. Right. Nope. Don't get too comfortable. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive right in. This episode, we are going to cover six topics. We are going to talk about what you need to know for current veterinary school students, for um, number two, for those graduating in 2023. Number three, what we're calling sort of the pandemic grads, those that have uh, graduated in 2020, 2021, and 2022. All our other colleagues, those that that graduated uh, 2019 or previously, and then we will talk about the Supreme Court case and also about recertification. So those are the six things we're going to cover in this episode. As always, notes and things that we mention will be in the episode notes, all the helpful links and information. So be sure to check those out. And let's start with number one. What do currently enrolled veterinary school students need to know now and what do they need to do now? Well, the students I'd say are probably uh, have the easiest um, homework, if you will, from the recent changes. And that's just to be excited that 
No just be excited. Accruing on their student, yeah, <laughs> just be excited that no interest is accruing on your student loans uh, for at least, you know, I guess the first half of 2023. We'll, we'll find out exactly how long that extension will last once we have a decision on the cancellation benefits. So uh, in the past, the, the pandemic forbearance benefits really haven't been tied to anything in particular. But now, since the cancellation benefits um, are kind of driving the education department guidance right now until we have a, a resolution on that case, we're, we're not going to have the end of the forbearance benefits, which which is good and bad. I mean, it'd be great to know sooner rather than later if we could expect to receive some uh, student loan cancellation benefits, but the longer it takes to work its way through the courts, the longer you're going to receive uh, the interest benefit, which for students is extremely valuable. The longer that interest mm -hmm. stays off, um, the less interest accrues during school when you can't really do anything about it, uh, the less you'll have to manage when you reach repayment. So for now, know that it's important to stay up to date with the information, but this isn't something else that you need to add to your plate that you need to worry about currently until there's more information. Yeah, I would I would say that this is a great opportunity to really you know, build a budget, know exactly what your living expenses are as a student. You still want to borrow only what you need, mm -hmm. uh, but this also presents a unique opportunity to get your finances in order, right? So if you've I've uh, been struggling with your living expenses um, and you're trying to not borrow or you're actually taking on credit card debt or you have other less flexible um, loans that you might consider paying off while you have access to some of these uh, super flexible federal student loans. Um, these are This is a great opportunity to do that, but you really have to have a good budget in place in order to know exactly how much you need to cover your living expenses and how much you might have extra to uh, shore up other areas of your of your finances while you're in school. Right. And that touches on our borrow better tools. And we'll add a link for that in the episode notes to help current veterinary school students. Yep. And I would also just add that um, we do know that interest rates for next fall are are likely to be higher. It's almost guaranteed that they'll be higher than they mm -hmm. were this past year. So again, that's really good information to help you potentially borrow less of those more expensive funds in the future while you have access to these less expensive and non-interest accruing funds now. Okay. And what about for, you know, second topic is let's talk about fourth year veterinary students who are going to graduate in 2023. How does that information differ for them? Yeah, well, first thing, they should rejoice as well, because they're going to be the uh, first graduating class that uh, largely accrues almost no interest on their veterinary school loans uh, for a long time. It's been, mm -hmm. a, it's been a very, very long time since we've had subsidized loans or loans that don't accrue interest during veterinary school. So the, the norm is that interest would accrue on graduate school, professional school loans, like the loans you take for veterinary school from the time you receive them. The pandemic forbearance benefit started in March of, of 2020. So uh, really this graduating class of 2023, most of them are only going to have that first semester of student loans that accrued some interest and the rest of it has been interest-free, which again, super exciting because 
the less interest accrues, the less you have to manage and the less it's going to cost you in repayment. But as they approach graduation, I would highly encourage them to file a tax return mm -hmm. because you are mm -hmm. going to have to enter repayment and there's probably going to be some, you know, um, something that resembles repayment in the not so distant future. So you want to make sure that you're prepared to start repayment in the most financially beneficial way possible. And having a tax return on file, whether you need to file a tax return or not, um, is really helpful in getting started in repayment. So even if your parents claim you as a dependent or you didn't have any income to report, you can still voluntarily file a tax return for the 2022 tax year. Uh, the tax filing date for that tax return is April 18th this year of 2023. So file that tax return. For most of you, that's going to be right before you graduate. Uh, so have that tax return on file. It will make getting started in repayment, particularly with an income-driven plan, uh, a lot easier. Right. Because a, a lot of, we do get a lot of questions about this, about, well, can I file a tax return? And is that income on what I think I'm going to make once I graduate or what it currently is when you file? And the answer is absolutely when you file, because that's going to be a lower adjusted gross income, right? And that lower AGI is going to benefit you with that repayment plan. Right. And the, you know, people do get tripped up on that a lot. And, you know, if you read the application, particularly for the income driven plans carefully, it always asks you, have you filed a recent tax return, mm -hmm. which is why you want to have that on file. And then they ask you, has your income decreased since you filed that tax return? They're not terribly concerned if it increased, they'll get you the next time you renew when your income increases on the subsequent year's tax returns. But if you have that recent tax return, that shows almost no income, probably for most of you that are fourth year veterinary students, you can apply for an income driven plan and secure a very low, if not zero payment for the first 12 months, regardless of what you're doing mm -hmm. after graduation. Okay, and then for our third topic, so we have the students who are current veterinary students and including that the fourth years who are gonna graduate in 2023. And then we have you know, all the students who graduated during during the pandemic. So that would be 2020, 2021, 2022, now addition 2023. So what do these pandemic grads need to know? Who that, that this is probably the most complicated, <laughs> um, almost the most complicated of the groups. Uh, it depends on what you've done with your student loans since you've graduated. Um, most of you, at least just based on the ones that I've seen uh, that have reached out for assistance, um, haven't done anything right? mm -hmm. and because you haven't had to do anything, right? So you graduated, you didn't have any payments due, you had your grace period, your grace period expired, your payments were still set to zero, the interest rates were still set to zero because of the pandemic forbearance benefits. But that's not ideal. Uh, you're Thankfully, through a lot of other changes that have happened recently, you'll still get repayment credit, which will also count towards forgiveness, regardless of what you did with your student loans since graduation, even if you've done nothing. Uh, but you want to start thinking about what your repayment plan is going to look like after the pandemic forbearance benefits end, right? And again, probably will end sometime in 2023. It's just a matter of will, will, will it be early, mid or late of 2023? but you want to choose a repayment plan. And same thing kind of applies as we talked about for the 2023 graduating mm -hmm. class. You can use a prior year's tax return 
right? So if you apply now, that would be your 2021 tax return because you don't have a 2022 tax return yet. And for, for some of you, that 2021 tax return will, will be pretty low, mm -hmm. right? It'll either look like it did as a fourth year veterinary student, or it'll have your half a year's worth of income that first year after you graduated. Um, or for some of you, it might be that full, that first full year's worth of income um, that you generated during an entire working tax year, right? So you can use that most recently filed tax return to apply for something like an income-driven plan like pay-as-you-earn or revised pay-as-you-earn and have that payment set for the next 12 months, including when repayment resumes after the forbearance benefits act. And we should also say that for 2023 graduates, we will be doing the new graduate playbook again, probably around May, that webinar, along with a checklist that will help those that are about to graduate. And we'll put a link for that in the episode notes as well. Yeah, and that one is going to be quite different than the previous ones, mm -hmm. right? So I've been trying to prepare folks um, for the fact that, you know, in the normally we could send you to prior years, new grad playbooks, and you could get the gist of what you should be doing to get started in mm -hmm. payment. This year is going to be quite mm -hmm. different, right? So what we've talked about in the past is really not going to be as applicable as the playbook that we're going to run this year for the 2023 graduating class, because there are changes beyond just the pandemic forbearance benefits and the cancellation benefits that are going to uh, require us to talk about different strategies for getting started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it'll be new this year and we'll make sure to share that link so you guys can know where to go for updates and information on that. So, yeah, and that's and some, of, some of that actually relates to the uh, recommendations for this, this, cohort we were just talking about, right? So the pandemic graduating classes. So I get a lot of questions from those folks who graduated in 2020, 2021, 2022 that ha haven't done anything with their student loans. And they reach out and they're like, well, should I, should I still consolidate? I listen to the mm -hmm. playbook and, and you guys talk about consolidating all the time. And, and at this point, the recommendation would be probably mm -hmm. not. And that's because some of the changes that are going to take place in mid 2023 have also been extended to folks who graduated into the pandemic forbearance benefits and had that forbearance in place when their graduate school student loan grace periods ended. And the way that the guidance has been released is you don't your the interest that you may have accrued during school will not capitalize if you let your grace period expire and enter repayment right? but if you consolidate then it will take that unpaid interest and capitalize it to your principal and capitalization is essentially taking your unpaid interest adding it to your principal the higher your principal balance, the more interest you accrue during repayment, the more interest you accrue during repayment, the more you're mm -hmm. going to pay, right? So now we, we have to talk more about you know, what, uh, what do the details of your student loans look like? How much unpaid interest do you have? Do you have any loans that require you to consolidate so everything can get into the same repayment plan and qualify for forgiveness in the future if you need it? Um, or can we just choose a repayment plan to get you in repayment without triggering the unpaid interest capitalization so you can save a little mm -hmm. bit of money. Uh, 
uh, during the course of the pandemic. Yeah, and as we get closer and once we know the actual date when things will start again, we'll we'll do a webinar as well and more podcasts to give you guys all of that information. And as long as you're signed up to get updates, you'll get all the information about those webinars. One of the questions that we hear pretty commonly from those graduates that did graduate during the pandemic is about recertification for those that did, you know, graduate, consolidate, choose an income-driven repayment. You know, has that changed at all, Tony? Is that something that those graduates need to be worried about, or what's the deal with that? Yeah, for, so for those of you that have chosen a repayment plan, particularly those that have chosen an income-driven repayment plan, that will have a annual recertification date, meaning you have to provide new documentation of your income to have that payment continue to be calculated based on your income. As part of the pandemic forbearance benefits, the renewal dates keep getting pushed into the future. Nobody is going to be required to provide any kind of income renewal documentation before July of 2023. And some of you, if let's say you graduated in 2021, consolidated and got a payment of zero for the first 12 months, um, it's, it's likely that your renewal date would be sometime in 2024 at this point, because the way that the annual renewal window would have worked is that I graduated in 2021, I, I consolidated, I applied for an income-driven repayment plan, my new renewal date would have been you know, say May, June, July of 2022, which is already passed, which would get kicked into July of 2023, or even beyond that, if your renewal date is still listed as something before July of 2023. If you do your what we call student loan physical exam, you obtain your student aid data file, upload it into the VIN Foundation My Student Loans tool, and you look for the anniversary date for your income-driven repayment plan. If it has a date from before July of 2023, then you can pretty much add a year to it until it gets beyond July of 2023. So that means those of you that graduated, consolidated, got a $0 payment for the first 12 months, likely will continue to have that $0 payment for quite some time, right? At least till July, 2023, maybe until early 2024. So make sure you're checking on that renewal date to, to see when you're next due to provide documentation. And for most of you, your incomes are probably have probably increased since you graduated and that's great, right? But your payment on your student loans won't increase until you actually are due to provide that updated income documentation, and it generates a payment that's higher than you were paying before. That's a good point, Becca. Thanks for bringing that up. And if we have colleagues who are listening who are not pandemic grads, so anyone pre, pre like 2019 or prior that graduated from veterinary school in those years, what do they need to know? I would say it's, it's it's similar, but we want to make sure again, you know, what repayment plan are you using? What life changes have you had since then that may necessitate mm -hmm. a change mm -hmm. in that repayment plan? But also checking on that renewal date to see exactly when you're due to provide updated income information. You know, what might that updated income information be, and will it generate a payment that's higher or lower than what you're currently paying? Um, 
if you're on track to reach forgiveness, are you planning for that forgiveness? Do you have a forgiveness planning fund, uh, you know, just in case you have to pay a tax when you reach student loan forgiveness? Uh, but I'd also encourage you to look into the one-time forgiveness count adjustment benefit. And this is one that kind of flew under the radar that was announced in April of 2022, but essentially all repayment time counts as forgiveness time. So if you have some older loans that had been in repayment, uh, maybe before an income-driven plan became available or before you actually stumbled upon income-driven repayment plans, or maybe you've been using an extended or graduated repayment plan for you know, 5, 10, 15 years, all of that will count towards forgiveness qualifying time, which means if you weren't using an income-driven plan before, you may have a reason to do so in the future because you might be closer to forgiveness than you even realized. So I would be using this time to dive into the forgiveness count adjustment. Uh, again, doing that student loan physical exam, see how long some of your loans mm -hmm. have been in repayment, um, and then start you know, looking at what a forgiveness qualifying plan might look like for you in terms of how much forgiveness eligible time do you receive as part of this one-time forgiveness count adjustment that we should all get notified on, you know, as early as the end of this year, uh, but ideally before mid of next year, uh, and then see how much time we all have before we're due to reach student loan forgiveness. Okay. And for our, um, we talked about the recertification, so that topic is done. But one of the other topics we wanted to cover is, you know, when is the case for the student debt relief being heard by the Supreme Court? I mean, this has been something that's definitely been a news topic. And I think a lot of people are really excited about and applied for. So where does that stand? So last week, uh, they agreed to hear the case. Um, they told the administration that they couldn't do any cancellation benefits until the case is heard, and they're going to hear the case sometime in February. So uh, February of 2023. So the earliest we would get any kind of decision would be after those arguments are made during that course case in February, but most likely that decision probably won't come down until later in the spring of 2023 when the Supreme Court tends to release all of their decisions for the cases that they're they're hearing for this term. So um, could be as early as February we get some kind of resolution, but most likely won't be until later in the spring of 2023. Okay. And what else do colleagues need to know about all of these changes? Yeah, that there's just been a lot of changes. <laughs> but there's a lot right? of them. And, just you know, know there's a lot of there's, them. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of changes and there's a lot of reason to review your repayment strategy. I think a lot of people, you know, and rightly so, you know, they're just like, well, this is this is just too much and there's no reason for me to worry about all this. I'm just kind of leave my loans the way they were. And I, I, you know, I cannot emphasize enough that there are so many benefits out there floating around on the table that um, leaving your loans as is, is probably not the most beneficial strategy for mm -hmm. you. So, um, you know, make sure that uh, you have a plan, that you reviewed it, and that the plan during the rest of the pandemic forbearance benefits makes sense, as well as what you're planning to do after the uh, pandemic forbearance benefits end. 
I will say that we've talked about this a lot on previous podcasts that, you know, if you've been making payments during this pandemic forbearance benefit period, um, I would highly recommend that you request a refund, right? So with the extension of the forbearance benefits, the time that you have to request a refund has now been extended as well. Uh, there really is no good financial reason to make payments during this forbearance benefit timeframe. Um, you can still choose to make a big payment if it makes sense to do so uh, right before the pandemic forbearance benefit end. Uh, but there's really no benefit to making the payments, you know, over the course of this forbearance benefit period. Take that instead, take that money, put it in some kind of dedicated account that's earning you some interest. And now interest rates on savings accounts are, mm-hmm. are creeping up, right? I mean, if you go on to bankrate.com, you could get three, three and a half percent on a savings account these days. Keep that money in your control, earning some interest. And if it makes sense for you to make a payment, uh, do it the day before the pandemic forbearance benefits end. You know, that that won't be a surprise, right? right? There's gonna be a lot of information that comes out that says this is when repayment's gonna resume and it's gonna be a big deal when and if it ever happens again. But keep that money in your control, um, earning some additional interest on that. And if it still makes sense for you to make that payment at that time, you could do it the day before those benefits end and it would still have the exact same impact as making payments along the way. And because we get this question a lot, how do they ask for a refund? Yeah, they, they go to the, directly to their okay. loan servicer and, and say, hey, I've been I've been making some payments. They should be able to tell you how many payments, but you can also see how much um, your payments have been um, in your student aid data file. If you upload that through the, to the BIN Foundation My Student Loans tool, we've got a uh, an algorithm there that, that will help identify if you've been making those payments and show you, you know, how many payments you've made towards your student loans on each loan since uh, since you've been in repayment. So that could be a helpful way to identify those loans that have received a payment during the pandemic forbearance benefit mm-hmm. period. Okay. We have seen a number of changes to the loan servicers during that time. What if my loan servicer who I made those payments to when I paid off my loans doesn't exist anymore? What if they've gotten out of the game? Yeah, you request a, a refund from the servicer you currently have, right? And that that prior payment history should have transferred over uh, with your loans when it moved from one servicer to another. If you have any difficulty or they give you any pushback, then you can also reach out to the Federal Student Loan Ombudsman. They're the official referee for disputes on student loans between borrowers and loan servicers. So you can reach out to them and, and, and they should be able to help you navigate how to get that refund back. Yeah, and I would say just everybody make sure that you're, you know, we've said this before, but make sure your contact information is up to date with your loan servicer um, and that they have your correct email, phone number, address, all of that information. That's always going to be really important if they do reach out to you and for when things continue to change. And then also make sure that you're tuning into these podcasts and signed up for updates so that when we have the information, as soon as we know about it and are able to share it, we will do so and we can share it with you to keep you updated. Um, Anything else that Becca, Tony, you think that we wanna leave our listeners with for this? Uh, I I would just kind of coming back to that one-time forgiveness count adjustment that it is it is hard to um, overstate how mm-hmm. beneficial that is. Uh, and for those of you that have been in repayment for a really long time, um, this is like we, we have seen some of our colleagues that have reached out recently that have been in repayment for 
you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, there's a really, really good chance that your loans will be either forgiven before payment starts back up, or you have a very short amount of time remaining in repayment. Right? But also what comes with that is some of the older borrowers um, have some older loans that aren't automatically eligible for those benefits. But if you consolidate, if you use a federal direct consolidation loan, you can still be eligible for this forgiveness count adjustment, even on prior repayment time. So all of that time you've spent in repayment, even on the loans before you consolidate, will be eligible towards forgiveness, even up to three years of uh, forbearance and deferment time. So, I mean, I, I sound like a broken record when we have these discussions <laughs> on the, the VIN uh, and VIN Foundation student debt message board area, but people seem to be shocked that, you know, my internship year, deferment year would count as a repayment year, and it, it does, and it would count towards forgiveness. And, you know, some of you are either at 20 or 25 years of, of forgiveness qualifying time already, as long as you consolidate those loans into a direct consolidation loan before May 1st of 2023. You have to do that before May 1st in order to have your prior um, repayment time counted as forgiveness qualifying time. So there's really no downside to doing so. I haven't really seen any, um, there's been hardly any reason not to consolidate, but if you're confused and you wanna talk through that, then then please come and visit us over on the, uh, the uh, special student debt message board area where we provide our colleagues that personalized assistance. Yeah, and just to echo what Tony was saying earlier, you know, it, with the $0 payments and 0% interest that's been going on for the last couple of years, I feel like it's been really easy to kind of stick your head in the sand about your student loans, right? And just not not pay attention. And there's so many changes that are happening right now and it just feels over your head. But there's never really been a better time to re-engage with your student loans and your repayment strategy. Um, with as many changes are going on, there's probably benefits out there that you can take advantage of. And, you know, we're here to help walk you through that and better understand what those options are. So definitely join us on the student debt message board area. Yeah, well, you hear us say it all the time, but we are here to help. So please reach out and uh, we'll put all that information in the episode notes. Um, we're here to help you with your student loans and your student debt. And also, you know, it just can't be said enough. People regularly say, oh, this might be a silly question, but there's no silly questions. We've probably heard almost all of it, or we've seen a lot of it. And we really mostly just encourage you to reach out because you're not alone through this process and the whole team's here to help you at every step. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Becca. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Veterinary Pulse. Please check the episode notes for additional information referenced in the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe, and share review. We welcome feedback and hope you will tune in again. You can find out more about the VIN Foundation through our website, vinfoundation.org, and our social media channels. Thank you for being here. Be well.